most people are suffering from a sense of disease on some level or another, right? a certain degree of it. And it's sort of chronic. It's not like it comes once every few months, but it usually happens quite a lot every day. Yeah? So, of course, there's like an imperative to feel like uh, lighter and more at ease and more comfortable in your own skin. And I would say that's one of the major drives that people have, knowing it or not knowing it. They may be looking at other directions, but it's usually coming from that drive to feel a little more at ease, let's say, or satisfied, or happy, joyous, or free, how many, however they want to phrase it. So this is sort of following that line, but not giving a, a new way of how to be happy, joyous, and free. There's tons of those, you know, tons of processes to try to produce it, but to see maybe the root of it, and then... Uh, and to see the activity of the root of it, how it stays to be the root of it. And so, in recovery, it's a perfect example. When I came into recovery, uh, obviously I had no idea what was going on. That's why it was going on for so long. I had no idea. I thought it was you that were the problem, or then it was, it was the drinking or the using, but even in the program they say that was just a symptom. And then they would bring it back to a very revelatory statement, which is, we believe that selfishness, self-centeredness, that's the root of the trouble. So, you know, obviously the root means it's the basis of all the troubles, yeah? No matter how many branches or leaves get produced, they're coming from the root system. That's what gives it life. So, it sort of behooves you if there is that chronic imperative to get relief from some form of uh, irritability, restlessness, and discontent, which can only just appear in different degrees, but it's basically always seemingly potentially there. Yeah? So when you're happy, you're usually not happy for the rest of your life. <laughs> it's usually maybe an hour if you're lucky, <laughs> or before you, until you get home, or something like that, or something will throw you off the tracks, off the rails. So uh, you know, in recovery, a lot of people, they take it back to the root of the problems, obsession with self. But my experience with it and understanding from what's happened is that's not the case, you know. And it's not just the case for me because mind isn't personal. Yeah? Mind is mind. And then there's the self-centeredness which, which gives this flavor of mind as being personal, but mind is mind, yeah. So if you can figure out or see a principle of mind, it applies to every mind, yeah. If you can see a principle of mind, it will apply to every mind. We don't have individual personal minds. We have individual personal conditionings so that a subjective experience happens here. But what's prior to that is not personal or individual or separate or different. It is mind. So if the root of the problem isn't obsessing over self, because that's what most people do every day to some level or another, uh, and I would say that's actually the activity of the mind being identified as self, yeah? For the mind to be identified as self, that identification as self, it's sort of like a, a bonding agent, like it says in AA, please relieve me of the bondage of self, yeah? So that, how am I bonded to this idea of self? Well, basically through the thought system that we're hearing, you know, all day in our head, like K-Paul, the little radio station. That station is broadcasting everything from the point of view of being a self. Yeah? And so the whole system that we're listening to for our navigation and for our guidance and for our judgments, for our uh, opinions, for our takes on things, is 
a system of thought and interpretation called self-centeredness. You do not have self-centeredness. Self-centeredness produces a sense of you. Yeah? You don't have self-centeredness. There is no you. The self-centeredness produces a feeling of being a you. Yeah? But not a you, but a me. <laughs> yeah? It's very easy. I can see yous all over this room. But, and they're seeing this as a you, and I'm seeing that as a you. But when I ask this you, who is it? It says it's me. And when that mind asks that you who says it's me, but there's only one me and billions of yous, yeah? And in the, on the level of experience, the majority vote is I'm a you, <laughs> yeah? Because millions of people are looking at me like a you. Hey, you, you know? I'm the only one who takes it to be me. <laughs> and the same mistake happens everywhere where everyone's sitting. <laughs> they take a you to be a me, and all shit hits the fan. Yeah? Everything's different when it's happening to me instead of a you. I have immunity to what happens to you, but I have no immunity to what happens to me. <laughs> so, this is just a simple invitation. If you're suffering from something, it's best to have a good diagnosis so that you don't spend a lot of time taking flu medicine when you have a cold. Yeah? If you take flu medicine, and especially because this little disease is, is really trippy because if you had cancer, you would never, no matter how much cancer you had, yeah, for how long, you would never think you were cancer. It would never cross that line. There would be a you, a separate entity that had cancer, to the day you passed away from cancer. You know? But in this situation, this mental disease, you're identified with the disease. The disease is presenting a very distorted view of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, and you're identified as that. You've gone so past the point of obsession, it's amazing. Obsession is like a walk in the park, but identification has stabilized, yeah? So you can get obsessed over tons of things, but the prior obsession is one. You're addicted to the idea of being a self. That's it. That is, to me, the mental disease. We are addicted. The mind is addicted to the idea of being a self. Every, all the other obsessions are just child's play to that. Because the only ones that will usually be pointed out are those other obsessions. But the identification is very rarely entertained unless a large amount of just some grace or you hear it from someone else you know, outside of you. you your, your thought system will not bring it up. <laughs> it will not find that little nugget. It has to be through grace or through hearing it from someone else. Yeah? That's been my experience of it. So, if the root of the problem is identification as self, and that means how that acts is the mental system called selfing, by listening to it, yes, in ignorance, or let's say unknowing, by listening to it and seeing the thoughts, you're already framed in a relationship with those thoughts that they're yours, you know, I'm the thinker of them, or they're about me. The bondage is already set. It doesn't matter what thought it is, you're going to be bonded to it as the thinker of it. Yeah? Is it a good thought or a bad thought? It doesn't matter if it's good or bad, because the primary lock is you're the thinker of it. Yeah? You're the doer of that. You're the doer of it. It's just like if you walked into a park and there was 30 kids, where would your interest and attention go? The one that was yours, yeah? You would be looking at little Joey more than any of the other kids just because it was your kid. Yeah? Same thing. Thoughts are thoughts, but when they're my thoughts, it's a whole different ballgame. 
So here, if, if this movement of this disease is identification as, then if you try to get out of it, yes, you're going to try to get out of it as the disease. So if you recognize self, yes, or you get self-knowledge, like it says in recovery, oh yeah, self-knowledge will avail you nothing. What the hell? I would think knowledge has a lot of value. But in this case, knowledge about self as a self will avail you nothing because it's not going to lead you to freedom from self. It's going to lead you to a lifelong or a monthly or a retreat or like a, buying 50 New Age books to get relief as self, or freedom as self, which is impossible. Because it's not freedom you're lacking, it's bondage that you're in. Yeah? The self has a lot of ideas what it looks like for it to be free. In Hawaii, you know, wearing shorts and flip-flops, drinking a smoothie, and so most of them are put into our heads by magazines and fucking advertising. But you have an idea of what you think it would be like to be free, but that's free as a self. That's not free, it's always conditional, isn't it? <laughs> Freedom from self is a total different ballgame. So if it is identification as self, that's what I'm saying, you know, just a humble little invitation. If you're in the program of recovery or you're not, everyone's recovering from something. They are. I would say they're recovering or attempting to recover from the addiction to self. Yeah? What is it? What happened when you drank? My drinking was my first solution to alcoholism. I felt really uncomfortable in my own skin. I did not feel like that when I was three or four years old. I grew into this uncomfortable because my head was thinking about me all day. And it was very uncomfortable to sort of be me. It would have been much better for me to be you, but I was identified with this you, and it made it me, which made it really uncomfortable to be this me. <laughs> yeah. The freedom would be to be a you, but <laughs> I, was, I was taking this you to be a me, and that was it. That was this, as soon as it's, see, as soon as a you turns into a me, it becomes a fixated object of thought system. Yeah? The mind just starts thinking about this peculiar you, which is me. And then it, pro it projects you in the past, in the future, in other places. And what does it do? It thinks about it, doesn't it? I mean, how do you know you were last, somewhere last week through thought? You have no idea. Maybe you have a picture, yeah? And then you say, oh, yeah, that was from last week. But the only way you usually travel into the past is by thought, yeah? You can't take a plane there. It does, there's no past, yeah? And you can't fly ahead to the future. But you can, the mind thinks about it. And it, and it pictures you in the future as a body. Yeah, that's what it does. It doesn't picture you as a spirit, because it would have no, it, how, it can't capture a spirit by thought, yeah? So it can't conjure you up as a spirit. First of all, because there's no need to be conjured up as a spirit. You are a spirit, yeah? But it can conjure you up as a body through thought somewhere else at some other time, which it does quite a lot, yeah? And it produces effects now by that activity, yeah? That's what the obsession with self does. But why, how, it, how it can do that is identification as self. Yeah. Without the identification as self in place, you would have very little interest in self. You would, just like I don't have much interest in yourself when you tell me your stories. I really don't, in most cases. Yeah. I may try to feign it, like I have empathy, and I do. I feel for it. But you're, what's driving you crazy will not drive me crazy, because it's driving you crazy. I have an immunity to it because it's not me, yeah? 
I have no immunity to the same thoughts going on if they're, if they're held as mine. They can fuck me just like they seem to be fucking you. So it's not the thought that has the power, it's the me. It's the identification as. And I've entertained this, and it's true in my own experience. It's worked because I travel light and low over the years, yeah, radically. Over all the terrain of my life, whatever that terrain may be, I've traveled lighter over that terrain. Every typical situation, and atypical situation you can have here. And in that, the, the proof was in that, the fruit, yes. I entertained this idea, and it came to, it started to bear fruit. And stabilized the sense of traveling lighter here. And in this place, where you can go to degrees of either heaviness or lighter, traveling lighter is very valuable in my book, yeah. Because I can't seem to get off the game board. I'm on. I'm not dead yet. I have, I'm, I'm an action figure every day. I'm engaged. Yeah, like it or not. And yet, so, <laughs> stop bitching about it. Why not say, entertain? I entertained some idea and it allowed me to travel lighter in the game board, yeah. Even though, you know, going same Baltic place and boardwalk and everything, you know, <laughs> I've gone around the Monopoly board many, many times. And yet still, I'm not that interested in where I end up anymore because it's the going now that's the joy. Yeah? Because I sense a presence which I was hoping the boardwalk was going to have when I got there. I sense a sense of satisfaction, I thought, when I got all the orange color houses together. Yeah? So I could dominate that little street. I have that sense that I thought those houses would produce. I have that sense now. Yeah? So with the... the the running around the game board, it's like the pursuit of happiness has turned into a casual walk because I'm not pursuing happiness anymore. <laughs> so, if you've got something like the flu and you think it's a cold, it doesn't matter how religiously you take that cold medication, you'll get a little relief because they share some similar symptoms, but you're not going to get a radical relief. Why? And you all immediately usually throw it on yourself. I didn't do enough. I didn't take the right... I didn't... No, it's because there was a misdiagnosis. Yes? This whole sense of being you and constantly you being so relevant in every situation is just the axis of self-centeredness. Yeah? That's what it produces. It produces a feeling of being me all day. Yes? Even though... The exact experience of I'm seeing you is exactly happening where she's sitting and I'm the you. I can't see that. I keep thinking I'm me. Yeah, it's amazing. Even though like 8 million people would vote that, hey, that's a you. Yeah. 20 million people. Every person I'd ever see in the world would say, when they're seeing this, they say I'm seeing you. Yet, I'm stubbornly holding on to this you's of me. <laughs> <laughs> that this you is very different than all the other yous. Because it's me. That's all I need. Just because it's me. <laughs> no other evidence. Just because it's fucking me. I can expect different results. And so when I watch you do something really stupid, I may have, I won't not, I probably won't learn from it because I'll think I could do it and get away with it probably. Why? Because I'm not, I'm me. Just like when I used to get arrested all the time, I used to be so surprised you see, this word, they were seeing me as a you, and they weren't recognizing my meanness, you know. I'm not, I shouldn't be getting popped. They don't understand. This is me, you know. This is me. They knew exactly what I was. <laughs> so, I don't know. I find value in figuring, you know, having something like this offered to me, 
and then to entertain it. And instead of having to make up stories why it hasn't worked, basically usually rooted in you somehow, you didn't practice hard enough, or you were asleep at that one meeting when the secret handshake was offered, or whatever it was, you should have ran away to India into the caves, then it would have worked. All the things that you didn't do tend to become, if you would have done them, it would have worked. No, it's a failed system. If you read the big book of AA, it says it very clearly. Why are you in so much fear today? Why are you in so much fear today? Isn't it because self-reliance has failed you? It's a pretty nice statement, isn't it? Why are you in so much fear today? He doesn't let us write us tell us, tell our answer, because that would be like 800 pages of stories. Why we're in so much. It says, isn't it because self-reliance has failed us? Now, when you're addicted to self, when self-reliance fails you, you'll blame you. You'll blame you for the failure. You won't see it as a failed system. It will bite you in the ass. You will think it was only you. It was, it's working for everyone else, but not for me, because me, something's wrong with me. No, it's a failed system. When mind entertains life from the possibility of being a long-lasting, separate, independent entity, it becomes a failed system because it will never find its own nature in that system. Self cannot get out of self. Yes? doesn't mean it's failed like you're not going to get jobs or make eight million dollars. It means there's going to be something lacking in your life that you can never fill up by whatever you do out here. Because you cannot acquire your own nature. You cannot achieve your own nature. It's just a revelation. Yeah? And you definitely cannot recognize your own nature from a false nature. You can definitely not become the called an authentic self that your little false self is going to try to find. Yeah? There is no authentic self because there is no false self. There's just the appearance of being a self in the mind. Yeah? Constantly, constantly, constantly assuming, implying, referring that when any verb is noticed, like seeing, hearing, feeling, doing, there's immediately lead to a, there must be a doer. Yeah? I can't just sense thinking as a process of verbing. I have, as soon as my head claims it, it says, there must be a thinker. And if I can't figure out why you did something or I did something, I'll say, God, another subject did it. Then somehow I'll always place a noun in this whole place of verbing. It's not, it's the mental process. That's the way it thinks. That's its format. It can't think any other way. It views you as a body, and it views things as real and separate and having inherent meaning. It doesn't see that mind's dreaming through this little camera tripod and projecting a world. Yes? It doesn't see that at all. When it sees something, it sees a thing. It doesn't see the space. The space facilitates the seeing, but it doesn't notice the space at all. It only notices things all day. Yes? Why? Because it's identified as a thing. And the thought system pictures you as a body. It thinks about you as a body. And if you're not conscious when listening to it, see, you hear it, but then what's happened to us is we listen to it. It's a big difference, yes? I hear the thoughts because I'm conscious, yeah? But then what happens is when, there's a, when the hearing shifts to a listening, then you become unconscious. You become unconscious of your real nature, which is awareness, and you suddenly slip into the identification as being a body. 
and you take the qualities of a body to be your qualities. Awareness is prior to that, yes. Your conscious. It never says in the book, uh, you having conscious contact, really. It says that as a prayer, but it says conscious contact. What's in contact with this place is consciousness. It's not you. Yeah? The mental process presents a claims to consciousness, and now you take yourself to be conscious. And as soon as you take consciousness, which is a huge state, to be something that you can do, it splits into I can be conscious and unconscious. Yeah? And I tell you, most of us tend to lean towards I'm mostly unconscious. <laughs> yeah? So what's just a state which can't be altered or manipulated, which is consciousness or awareness, we make it a verb that we're doing. I'm aware or I'm unaware. Yeah? And then you play God about it. You go to a retreat, now you think you're more aware. You go to back to your work, I'm less aware. And then you, who tells you you're getting closer to God? Your head, doesn't it? Does God show up and say, hey, Nick, you're doing really good. Keep it up. You're coming closer to me every day. Yeah, don't fuck around. Don't look at that portal. You'll go back 12 steps. You know? you know, it's your head that's playing God with God. And the biggest unspoken step of recovery is stated right before the third step. It says the how and why of this whole program is first, quit playing God. Then it says, all right, why? It doesn't work. Well, that's a pretty good answer. And it says, next in this drama of life, God is going to be the director, and we're going to be a servant. I don't know what, what he used. It's a, it's a sort of position he, they keep talking about. Yeah? But if, let's just say, the root of the problem is identification as self. And so you get to the third step. I bet you you'll definitely leap right over the quit playing God. Very rarely. You never even hear it spoken about most meetings anymore. You'll leap right over, and then you will do the third step. But what will be doing the third step or claiming the doing of the third step? I would say is self in most situations, yeah? And when self claims the third step, I would say that self's playing God with God. And then you'll have an experience, and you'll see it a lot, where people think they've surrendered their life, but they can take it back. Yeah? That'll happen, like, a number of times in one day. I surrendered, took it back, surrendered, took it back. It's like a guy, a big kid with a bag of candy, and he gives it to a little kid, and then he, okay, I surrendered the candy, take it back, surrender the candy. Who's the bigger God? Right? Who's the bigger God in that equation? Is it the God that you feel you surrendered to, or the God that believes you can take it back? I would say that's playing God. So if the playing God is going on, and then you, you go to the solution from the problem, I would say it's going to sort of limit the effects of the solution. Yeah? You'll identify with all the problems they talk about in the book, but you may not identify with some of the levels of solution they talk about, like cease fighting everyone and anything. Yeah? being placed in a position of neutrality with no thought or effort on your part. In other words, you had nothing to do with it. Yeah? The problem will not exist for you. You'll be reborn. Or other aspects in the third step where it says you'll feel a new power flow in. Yeah? You'll be able to enjoy peace of mind. 
you'll sense a presence of a higher power. Yeah? You'll lose interest in your little plans and designs and gain interest in others. Yes? You'll come out of the ass of self, yeah? and then you'll be available and you'll be of service. Those aren't experiences he's sharing, I don't feel. They're states. They can stabilize. Where not, you know, it's great to do service, but if it keeps getting claimed by you as the one who did the service, then you'll have to do more service <laughs> because you'll be back in self seemingly all the time. But let's say if you are of service, which means you're available, which means you're present, that's a state, yeah? That's not produced by an experience, it's a state you're living from, yeah? So if you're of service and you're available and you're present, that's a lot different than being up the ass of self, doing service to feel like out of self a little bit, only to claim that and then going back in the ass of self, yeah? And then having to go back to that same store, doing some, let me do some service, do some, but then you can quantum leap into you're of service, you're available, and you're present. Because just like when you were a kid, in a sense, I didn't know any better. When I was playing on Saturday, I wasn't thinking, will I be playing next week? Because I didn't have an idea of next week yet, yeah? In my little head. Time hadn't been constructed yet. So I was here only because my mind couldn't entertain it could be anywhere else. <laughs> and there was a sense of being alive just from that not knowing any better, in a way. That this is it. Like, I didn't go around my house and judge, this room's too small for me, you know. My mother's a little, needs to glue some weights, and my father looks like a nerd or something. You know, I didn't, you know, met, it was just house, <laughs> life, family. There was no, oh, can I exchange any of this yet? No, there was just, a, there was an immediacy to live in because my head hadn't entered the scene and said, oh, it could be different than this. Yeah? I don't actually have to be here. Yet every day in your life you've been in that day. You've never left. No matter how much you thought about the past or future, you can never leave here. And yet, so, read books. Read the books. Go to a uh, New Age library, New Age bookstore. Read how many books say how to get into the moment. Yeah? How to get into the moment. How to really be present. But I'm saying you can't be out of the moment. It's impossible for you and I to be out of the moment. What would that do to any desire to get into the moment? It would put it out like that. And then you would realize, there's no way I can be out of here, and that's actually really entertaining being in here. And then, conversely, people now are trying to get out of self, yes? But they cannot possibly be a self. You cannot be a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. This body is not you and I. It's facilitating consciousness to have a life, and I would say we're more the consciousness than the body, yeah? So, for me to want to get out of self is a form of being in self. But if you take it to the point of just questioning, could I possibly be in self? If that's impossible, that's being out of self, yeah? It's like a state, it's not an experience, it uh, produces a state, yes? A state, not an experience. Experiences you get excited about, yeah? This is you abiding, it's different, yeah? Experiences you tell everyone about, but this you don't really say much, because you get, it gets established, it seems quite normal. It seems like, how could it ever be any other way, yeah? You're here because there's nowhere else you can be, yeah? You're not trying to get out of anything, because you can never be in anything, 
Yeah? I couldn't, how could awareness be a self? I've seen people I knew who died, and I saw their bodies, and one of the big hits I had when I saw their body, that ain't him, that ain't Uncle Fred, yeah? I could go in and take his eye out, put it in a live body, and that eye would facilitate seeing, but it wasn't facilitating any seeing now, because the animating principle had left, yeah? What I was calling on the Uncle Fred was a mistake. I was taking the body to be him, because I was taking the body to be me, yes? Ignorance begets ignorance. So if you like experiences, go for them, man. There are a dime a dozen, really. You'll have to get, you'll get tons of them. And you, where are you going to, you know, are you going to consume experiences like you consume everything else, like we consume everything else here? More the better? Or maybe entertain states of mind yeah. that, that actually infect and influence all your experiences during the day. The states are much more predominant than an experience, yeah? The state is like an influence that you feel throughout the day while you're experiencing all these different things. The state incredibly influences your moment-to-moment -moment experience. But a moment-to-moment -moment experience doesn't influence the state, yeah? The state has the influence. If you're having moment-to-moment -moment experiences, Try, of getting really excited, but the state you're in is self-centeredness, none of them will come to naught, like it says in AA. The results will be nil. Yeah? Self-knowledge will avail you nothing. But if there's a state, you can have what you would call a bad experience, and the same context is available, which is awareness, exact same, when you felt the greatest and when you felt the worst. What was bringing you that ability to experience was light or awareness, yes. That hasn't moved one inch in any of your moments. It's always available at all times because it's not of time. How much value could you give it? There can't be an absence of it. You can't, there can't be an absence of it. It's always available at all times. And if it's always available at all times, why? Because it's timeless. It overrides any dissection into moments, yes? It's the underlying base of all of what we call moments. So at any moment in your little story, linear story of being Paul, my little story of being Paul, every moment the solution is available because it's not of a moment, it's timeless, yes? So every moment of time has to be held in the context of timelessness, every one of them. And therefore, no matter how far away you think you are in that moment, you can't get far away from that. The solution is always available at all times. To me, that's love, you know. Every moment that you can forget and take yourself to be this, the solution to it is available. Every moment. Like St. Francis says, what's looking is what you are looking for. So all the while, spending 40 years of life looking for happiness and joy, he's trying to see, trying to just concisely put it into a beautiful statement. What's looking is what you are looking for. It doesn't say who's looking. You're not looking for you. <laughs> what's looking is different, yes? What's looking is what you're looking for. It didn't say who's looking is what you're looking for. You already have that answer of who's looking. It's you. And that's the thing you're trying to run away from most of the time, isn't it? <laughs> what are you trying to get out of? Me? Most of the time? If that was the answer, fuck it. I wouldn't want to look there. <laughs> So I don't know. I like the idea. This worked with me when I finally heard this. 
When I entered recovery, it was really helpful a lot with the grace in the program and the direction and the indication and the, where they pointed to. But this took it, this was, uh, it just went a little farther. And when I ran into this answer, it's been the last answer now for about 14, 15 years. I haven't come up with any other answers. The bell rang, and that was the last bell. The looking, like, started becoming more obviously just seeing, you know. Seeing has no stress or focus to it. It's just seeing. Looking is usually got an intent. This is seeing. Yeah. Just like when I was a kid, exact same feeling, sense of it. But now I have all the concepts of, I could be somewhere else, it could be better, I shouldn't be able to do, 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 but I hear them, but I don't listen to them. They don't define me, they don't locate me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I got this bug up my butt, I like to share it, especially to people in recovery, because I'm in that tribe, and I, I know the mental hell that they've entertained, because I've entertained it, you know, or my mind has entertained it. And there's nothing quite like that alcoholic hell. I just saw a friend of mine go through it. It's just amazing what can happen in a very short period of time. Three days it took, and his life was, quote-unquote, burnt to the ground, basically. It's now, it's like spring, certain shoots are coming up, but... If he was still out there, he'd be busy trampling now. You know, that's what happens. And uh, I can see it just the mind, that parasitical grasp of his mind is loosening. And then the other aspect of mind is getting more oomph, you know. And so the immunity will come back and the parasite will like shrink away. The tentacles will get less long and just, and you'll see more. Yeah, it may still be potentially hanging around, but he'll have some relief because he, he's entertained a power greater than that, like it says in recovery. A power greater than self. Self is a power, for sure. It's a deep mental groove. It can take you over like that, and especially if you have alcoholism. It adds an incredible twist because there's fuel that it can have here, like drugs and crack and everything, once it gets its fuel, it's like the genie's out of the bottle, man. <laughs> oh, shit, it's the fan. I've seen people's lives get ruined in two days, and it took them 20 years to build it up that way, you know? They didn't build it up, but life took a while to grow around them, and then it was just burned to the ground in two days. And you can see it in their face. You thought you assumed you knew the person, but now something else has taken them over, and it's totally erased at it face is darker, the eyes are a little duller, and it's like a parasite, it's like a possession. Yeah. It rides you. And if there's the identification of self, self cannot get out of self. Self cannot get out of self. So if you're resting on the problem, looking for a solution. It has thousands of them, but none of them will bring you out of relief from self, because if it did, it would, and you'd be, you'd be showing it now. You'd be traveling a lot lighter, and that traveling would stabilize. 
that's the proof of the pudding here. Yeah? If something works, it works. It doesn't need to have a lot of reinforcement because it works. It doesn't need any advertising because it works. That's why I like this thing as an invitation, yes, and as something to entertain. Because it's in you, you'll find if it's true, yes, because it will work or it won't. But once it works, there's like an unspoken yes. Something that's in a book it talks about a very important word in recovery is convinced, yeah. Believe with certainty. It says being convinced that self manifests in various ways is what has defeated us. We will now look at its common manifestations. That's actually a requirement before you do the third step. But most of the time that's not addressed because it says very clearly self manifested in all these different ways. You know many of them, I know many of them, yeah? Self-pity, sense of entitlement, all this stuff. Manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. He separates the two. And if you ask anyone in this room which self defeated them, they'd have the same answer, myself, yeah? That's the act of being identified as self, really. That's how it defeats you. Self cannot defeat anyone. It's not this imaginary. But if you believe it, it can defeat you in that belief, yeah? So it says, being convinced that self manifests in various ways is what has defeated us, we'll now look at its common manifestations. All right? Next paragraph, resentment. Have you heard anybody teach people that as an inventory? That when you're doing the inventory, you're looking at the expressions of selfs in one's life? Do you? And that self's the parasite? Or is it, these are your resentments, your fears, your harms done to others. Therefore, you see there's the act of identification while you're practicing the solution. You're claiming the expressions of self as yours. That's I call the act of identity. And maybe it isn't. I could be wrong. You know, I just in my little logic up here, that's how it reads to me. Yeah? These manifestations of self fluff appearing in life, my life. How do they happen? How does that all that happen? And how does it come to a point where then they show up in my life? I claim them to be mine. These are my fears. These are my resentments. Yet they're produced by a system of thought and interpretation called self-centeredness. How, where does it become mine? Yeah. If he had mentioned that they're both different, self and us are different, where did I forget the us and still identify with the self and claim all of its expressions into my life as mine? Where did, where did that happen? When it clearly says you need to be convinced that self has defeated us, yet I immediately reconnect to that identification as. The next moment, when I start doing the inventory, they have now suddenly turned into my resentments, my fears, my harming other people. Where did that happen? How did that slip in? When it says we need to be convinced, if it's a program and we're following it in a linear manner, it says you need to be, believe with certainty before you go anywhere. You've got to believe with certainty that self has defeated us. Manifest in all these other ways. Okay? We're clear on that? You're clear? You're convinced? Yes. All right, now let's look at self's manifestations. Let's write them down. Resentments, fears, harming other people. Do an inventory on what? Yours? No, on self's expressions in one's life. When I did that, I got radical relief. <laughs> when I did mine, <laughs> Jesus Christ, now I had self-knowledge. <laughs> That's what I had. I had a fucking a lot of self-knowledge. I knew how, what was, how I was getting defeated, but it wasn't stopping the defeat. It was just a lesser degree. It wasn't burning all my land down, but it had me shackled 
to this incredible obsessive yapping about Paul all fucking day. Yeah. That's changed everything. The act of identification. When there's a problem and it's yours, it's totally a different problem then. Yeah. If you have a belief that you're not really clear about certain topics and problems appear in those topics and they claim to be yours, you have these big blinders on. That's why you have to seek help outside. You can't get to the root of anything because your belief system won't let you go there. And the belief system is activated not over a problem, it's activated over my problem. The my kicks in. Yeah? The my is the kicker. It's the starter, the engine of selfing. The my. It's the act of being identified. The act of being identified. It's a verb. It's not a tattoo I got. It's happening. The mental process is in the act of being identified as a self. That's what it's doing. Yes? And if I'm listening to that without wisdom, I'm going to take myself to be what it's inferring, what it's implying, what it's pointing to all day. All of its thoughts are pointing to you as this. You're going to fall under that trance and you're going to take just false evidence and it's going to appear real to you. The acronym, one of them, for fear. right? False evidence appearing real. That's what's going to happen quite a lot. A lot of false evidence will be taken from your perceptual data and turned into a story and it will appear real to you. And there will be reaction as if it's real, like a threat when there's no threat. I know you're trying to fucking me. I'm leaving tonight. You're planning on leaving me. I know it. You're planning on going out with that guy next week. I know it. Fuck you. I'm leaving. Yeah? This, you know, I'm going to preempt the, the, uh, the hit. This is the shit happens, isn't it? You come under a delusion, and all fucking you, people are trying to help you take them as threats. The people that are really fucking you, they're your best friends down on the bottom. You know what I mean? There's no wisdom. There's no ability to know what's going on. You're in the dark, just throwing dots all day. I know you. I know you're planning on fucking with me. I know it. Oh, I know. I saw you yawned. She said, oh, they hate this me. She hates me. She thinks I'm a fucking asshole. Yeah? All this stuff. It doesn't even matter if they thought you were an asshole. It's the meaning that your mind gives it. Yeah? If you're afraid to be a fraud, you'll feel like one thousands of times every day. Every day. If you feel like, I don't want to be something, you'll feel like you are that every fucking day. There's a way of disengaging to the system of thought and interpretation to see it as just that. Yeah? To see it. Maybe you can't see it, so you understand it. We try to present an understanding here to facilitate, hopefully, a seeing. You know, like a view is like a substitute for a vision. Right now, your vision may not be that clear, so we're offering you a view which will point to the possibility of clear vision, and then you'll get free samples of the clear vision, and that will be the that will be the coupling. That will be the locking in. That will be the unspoken yes. You'll be onto something, and you'll see it in your own mind. The aperture will open up. The lens will get larger. Things will open up. More possibilities. And it's nothing to do with no thought or effort on your part. Mind just opening up. Yeah? Expanding out of self-centeredness. Self-centeredness is like a straitjacket. Every one of us sitting here has gone over every inch of self-centeredness. We've, we've done all of its possibilities many, many times over. It's never like you're okay, I will be okay. Yes? I'm going to be great when 
I get that or go there. Yes, it's never I'm great now. It's always I will be as an after event. Yeah, it's always going to happen later or once happened in the past. It's never recognizing okayness now. It's like you're constantly getting ripped off, and and someone signed you up for a layaway plan. You're giving them the possibility of being okay for the hopes of being I will be okay. Let me yes, let me sign it. Really, really, really? And you have incredible hope, even though you know it's probably not going to work. You just keep going to the same trough over and over again. It's going to work this time. No one ain't. <laughs> when you're not the object of these thoughts, if you really are not that object of the thoughts, the thoughts lift a little, and then you sense the space between you and thoughts. You do. And there's a lot of room. You know, like you can become like a free-range alcoholic, yeah? You're pretty much running around everything like this. If they're your thoughts, it's like a weather front, yes? Pissing on every parade that you're hoping to go to, everything like that. When they're just thoughts, they open up, they come and go. They don't, they're not permanent tattoos. Sometimes if they're matched with some very good feelings, they're henna tattoos, but they wash off in time quickly. Yes? And you're always like, the Etch-a-Sketch always gets erased, and then there's more Etch-a-Sketching. Yeah? There's no Etch-a-Sketch, you know? You'll be seen to be this one day, that one day, but what you are will never be seen because it's what's seen. Yeah? It's what's seen. And then maybe you'll get a flavor of what mind really is, which is no thingness. It's not a thing. And to me, that's spirit. And if you follow the statement in recovery, which is our daily reprieve from alcoholism, is contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition, I would say the highest form of maintenance of a spiritual condition is to be a spiritual condition. Yeah? Because if you are a spiritual condition, being it is the maintenance. It's like running all day, yes? You don't have to oil and grease it up. It's constantly greasing itself up. But if you're a body, how can you think a body's going to become spiritual now? First, you've got to go through tons of purification. <laughs> That's body. <laughs> Sit a lot, you know, meditate a lot, do this a lot, do that. The body is obstinately not going to become spiritual. <laughs> It's just, it's not spiritual. It has no inclination to be spirit. It's a body, you know, a physical object. <laughs> the mind, taking itself to be the body, believes it can become spiritual. <laughs> Through the body. <laughs> I would say, you're the, you are spirit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, does this make any sense? I hope so. Maybe it doesn't. To me, I'm constantly, I've been at every one of my meetings, and I just love hearing this. It just rings so true, and after hearing so much shit most of my life, this has such a timber, it just, like, resonates really well with me. You know, it's just like, it's like the timbers of my, just echo in it, and reverberate, and I, by that tone, I know it's so, you know, because I've sensed it, and I've sensed what it represents, which is, I can never see, but the intimation of that gives me a very, very good uh, feeling yeah. that I'm on to something. Yeah. <laughs> so, there you go.
questions, no?